This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. Welcome to the program with a unique focus on helping Canadians avoid probate. The one thing everyone should know about probate is that it's not inevitable. With some planning and good advice, you can avoid the exhausting, expensive and time-consuming probate process and have your affairs settled quickly and privately. Speaking of good advice, here are your hosts of Avoid Probate. Good morning, Zoomer listeners. Welcome to the Avoid Probate Show. So glad you're here joining us on this beautiful Sunday. It's always a beautiful Sunday, Ted. I'm here with the world-famous co-host, Ted Walshin. Good morning, Ted. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. And you? I'm well, thank you. I'm glad uh, to be here to... uh, you know, educate the listeners uh, for another week. This, of course, is, we talked about this last week, this is the first week of the new year for the Avoid Probate Show. That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. This is, in other words, it's episode 53. It's start of the year two. No, I take that back. It's week 53, and the only reason I make the distinction is because we did three repeat shows in the first 52 weeks. So right. so there aren't actually 52 different episodes, but it is week 53. Right. Okay. So uh, that's that's good. We've got a great show planned as usual. We're going to talk about uh, probate stuff and some recent... Probate. I may have to leave early. <laughs> so let's talk about that for a minute, maybe. Delicately. Let's talk about it delicately, okay? Yeah. So guess what day it is, Ted? <laughs> it's I may have to leave uh, work early day. <laughs> It's National Vanilla Pudding Day. Yeah. And so guess what I brought into the studio? Yeah. <laughs> and guess what Ted already and, ate? And, and he, like, did you even taste it, Ted? Like, yeah. Well, because like, it's gone, right? Is no, it not gone? all of it. Ain't but, but we, we're, we're, we're like, first of all, it's some generic... We're a minute and 31 even, seconds into the show and your pudding's it's gone. It's not even like a Jello or some reputable company. It's just... <laughs> Some I don't know what it is. No sugar added. No okay. simulated flavor. Let, let, right there, you're, Jason. You're throwing me under the bus here, Ted. Right so there, Jason. Let me tell the listeners I did not buy the no name brand of vanilla pudding specifically. Not that there's anything wrong with no name, but I thought I'll spend the extra fifteen cents and I got what I thought was a name brand. But also you'll notice, guess what you don't see on my side of the studio here, Ted? You don't have one. I don't have one because I don't eat pudding because I don't understand pudding. I don't did get it. Did you give one to Kelly? I did give one to Kelly. Of course I have to share Kelly, with Kelly. Kelly, we had it? I don't know if she's on the mic. Well, unlike Ted, who, like, inhaled his. <laughs> <it's> just... <laughs> well, I don't know. It, well, it, Hey, man, like... No sugar added. That's the gratitude I get, listeners. I know I'm, I'm trying to celebrate the fact that it's National Vanilla Pudding Day, and I guess some people actually like vanilla pudding. I'm not one who likes Kelly? pudding. Do you like uh, simulated flavor, Kelly? <laughs> not really, no. <laughs> How do you know? Have you tried it? Don't knock until you try it, Kelly. Actually, I don't mind pudding. Pudding's good. I don't mind pudding either. I don't, I don't mind pudding this somewhere where the sun doesn't shine. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to your granddaughter, Ted. No, she like... I love my granddaughter. <laughs> She'd probably just look at me. <laughs> she would love it. Are yeah. you kidding? Babies love pudding. I know. Is, isn't that all they eat is various forms of pudding? She eats everything. Yeah, but in a pudding she form. She eats calamari, for God's sake. Wow. 
Look at that. All right. Yeah. So She's two and a half. Okay. So, you know, this is the gratitude I get here for trying to... Uh, no, it's very kind of you. To, you know, I went out of my way. Yeah. I went out of my way. I bought been it. been doing this for a year, I and, and you managed to uh, bring... All kinds of stuff. Pickles, and... Uh, hey, it can't be coconut cream pie every day. Coconut okay? cream pie, and then you brought in a paperweight at, at Christmas time. Uh, the Christmas cake, yeah, which I also don't eat. But anyway, is there not a National Vodka Day anywhere in, <laughs> in the future here? I think that's in uh, it's in Russia, maybe, but no, or, no. or Poland. No, my Poland, Ukraine. Oh yeah, they make vodka in Ukraine, don't they? <laughs> yes. Sorry, Ukraine, not the Ukraine. No. Ted uh, admonishes me every time I say the Ukraine, and I get it because because why, Ted? It's not because it's not the Ukraine. It's simply Ukraine, right? Because it's not the Canada. That's right. It's just Canada. That's right. But I thought I thought it was like a U thing because remember I said the UK, the United States. <laughs> so I had my theory was because that it, it used to be uh, a republic of the Soviet Union. Okay. You see. All right. Anyway, let's uh, try and keep the show moving here in the right direction because um, so far it's it's not. But uh, it is the Avoid Probate Show. We're glad you're here joining us. We are going to talk about probate stuff. I just want to mention it's. I think it's kind of important to mention this one. In addition to National Vanilla Pudding Day, as if it couldn't get any better than that. It's actually... Oh, it could. It's actually Canadian Immigrants Day. Yeah. And I thought that that was worth mentioning because your family are immigrants. Yeah. Right? And I, and well, I my mom was born here. My dad was born in Ukraine. Okay, and I say that with kindness. I'm yes. Not, no, right. no. To anybody who's listening right now, I mean, chances are, take a look around you. Yeah, I know, and, and I know. There's, there's somebody who was at one point an immigrant. And that's why I wanted to share this with the listenership, yeah. because my mother... Was born in Edinburgh, Scotland. You know, unless so, you're an, an Aboriginal. Hi, Mom. You know, you're Native peoples, then you're pretty much an immigrant. Yeah, so you just reminded me of this quick story. It's a personal story, but I'll share it anyway. I, I dated this lady, and she had a very Scottish last name. So I said, so, were, you know, were you born in Canada or were you born in Scotland? Oh, no, I was born in, in Canada. I said, so your parents were born in Scotland. Because, like I said, my mother was born in Scotland. So I just, you know, I just assumed, naively, I'm like, hmm. no, no, so your grandparents... No, no, they were born in Canada. I'm like, well, how many generations has your family been in Canada? She goes, I don't know, I think it's like seven. I almost fell off my chair. Seven, I'm like, what, were you like the discoverers of the, the Arctic or something? Like, who's been here, other than, to your point, the natives? Aboriginals. Aboriginals, and first, first Nations. First Nations, that's what I was looking for. I want to be politically correct. I mean, other than First Nations, who's been here seven generations? I mean, that's rare, I would think. Rare. So... They all had probate problems that we could have helped them with, but we weren't mm-hmm. doing the Avoid Probate show every Sunday morning on AM 740 at 8 a.m. at that time, but uh, we are now. So, real quick, also, I just got to mention, it's World Goth Day. You know what that means? Well, goth is, that was, it was kind of a, a phase that um, young people went through for a while. Yeah, including my, my youngest daughter. Dressed up in black, yes. uh, black uh, mascara, yes. black eye, eyeliner. Nail, and, uh, nails and nail polish, all that black stuff. clothing. Even guys, like goth guys yeah, would, would yeah. do that too. And, is that very popular anymore? Or? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm in my 50s, man. I don't know how popular it is. But I just wanted to point out that I am, I am wearing my Doc Martens today. So I don't know if that counts. They're not what black. What does that have to do with anything? I don't know. I think... I think it's a Doc Martin thing, I think. Are they? Yeah. Is or, it? Am I, maybe I'm getting confused with uh, I different... Uh, I think we need Kelly's uh, advice on this. I, I mean. think Kelly probably knows a lot more about it than we do. Right, Kelly? About uh, goth stuff? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, am I right that it's a Doc Martin thing or no? It doesn't have to be, I don't think. Okay. We do a lot of uh, goths eat... Um, 
<laughs> vanilla pudding? Generic vanilla pudding? Yes, I'm sure they do. Yeah, I'm sure they don't. But anyway, okay. So, let's move on from the pudding thing, if Ted can manage to do that. I don't know, his, his stomach might be thinking different thoughts on that. But So, welcome to all immigrants, and, and we're getting, yes. and we're getting yeah, new immigrants course. all the time. And Im- immigrants are what built this country. And in the mailbag today, and we're going to go to our first break real quick here, but I'm jumping ahead with the mailbag because I don't think I have it in my notes that they were an Italian family, but I'm telling you now, because we're talking about immigrants, that was an Italian, very Italian family. I don't think mom spoke one word of English. I, don't, I didn't hear mom speak one word of English. The adult daughters were speaking on behalf of mom in the meeting. So, of course, we, we meet with immigrants, obviously, all the time. Mm-hmm. So, okay, having said that, let's go to our first break here, top up your tea and coffee. We're going to be coming back after the break to talk about real probate stuff. It's, uh, we've got some interesting stuff this week. Well, like every week, of course. Yeah, stay tuned. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Let me take a moment to tell you about my friends at Helenda's The Meat People. I've been a big, big fan of theirs for years now, and without a doubt, they make some of the best sausage in Ontario. They are multiple award winners, having captured the Ontario's finest meat competition's coveted award of excellence on three separate occasions, in addition to dozens of individual product awards. Helenda's has also received the Grand Champion Ribbon at the past two Royal Winter Fairs ready-to-eat meat snack competition. So whether you're preparing a charcuterie board or a full-blown sit-down dinner for your friends or family, you'll find Helenda's award-winning products at fine meat shops throughout the province, now including selected Metro, Sobeys, Fortino's, and Foodland stores, along with their seven Helenda's locations. Their barbecued kielbasa, my favorite. Fresh bun, horseradish, it's out of this world. But don't just take my word for it, judge for yourself. On your barbecue, in your kitchen, or straight from the fridge, Helenda's, the way sausage should taste. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back. You're listening to the Avoid Probate Show with Ted Wallace and Jason Laidler. And the information we provide for you each week is for general consumption only. It's not intended to provide particular legal or investment advice. Every situation is different, so if you have legal or investment questions, you should speak with a licensed expert. And, of course, you can do so by contacting Jason at info at avoidprobate.ca. That's info at avoidprobate.ca. And if you're looking for a lawyer, he can help you with that. Or by phone, toll-free, 1-844-667-7628. That's one 844 Six six seven seven six two eight. Yeah, thanks, Ted. Um, I'm not the lawyer, uh, by the way. Most listeners will know that uh, I'm the investment advisor, 25 years plus. But I always say, and I get this question all the time when people call and I talk to them for the first time, and they say, "Well, are you a lawyer?" Nope, I'm not the lawyer, but we have lawyers on the team, and I say lawyers with an S because we have what I would consider one of the best state planning lawyers uh, in the province on the team. He's been on the show several times as a guest. We also have a real estate lawyer, a guy who specializes in real estate law. He's on the team. And why that's important is because we often talk about, well, A, we talk about the Bear Trust, but we also talk about something called the First Dealings Matter. And because often people who call in and, and they're looking for information about how to avoid probate for mom or dad, often uh, mom and dad are elderly 
and quite often they've been in the same home for a long time. And I wasn't the first dealings matter wasn't on my um, was on the agenda today, but I'm I'm kind of halfway there, so I'll finish my thought. If you've been in the house, if mom or dad have been in the house for a number of years, and I mean like since the '80s, before the '80s, before the province revamped the land registry system in Ontario, before that, when they did that, everybody was grandfathered with this first dealings matter. It's called first dealings because if you're selling the house today for the first time since the province revamped the land registry, you may, emphasis on may, be eligible for an exemption with probate on the house. And that's huge. We're off, We're always trying to avoid as much probate as we can. It is the Avoid Probate Show. Thank you for joining us if you're just tuning in. And if you're a new listener, we hope you're going to become a regular listener. Uh, Ted and I are here every Sunday morning on AM 740 from 8 till 9, well, right after the news at 8 o'clock. And anyway, I did have a call recently, and I guess it's kind of a mailbag item, um, where I said, okay, uh, good news. It sounds to me like the the situation these people are in, um, I think she told me when mom bought the house, I think it was in the 70s, I believe. It was a bigger property and it got severed and it was severed in the 70s. And anyway, it is a strict test, but it's a possibility. And just like the bear trust that no one's ever heard of, no one's ever heard of first dealings either. Every time I say it, they're like, what are you talking about? You know, no one, why didn't my lawyer tell me? So we have the real estate lawyer on the team who can, who can put you through the test. You, you have to check a lot of boxes. You have to have a will. You can't have probate being paid on any other part of the estate. That's really interesting. So the house could be exempt, and of course the house could be worth like a million or $2 million in the GTA. That's a lot of probate, mm-hmm. 1.5%, you know, $15,000 plus of probate, never mind the aggravation. So to avoid that would be fantastic, and and the legal fees that go along with it and all that stuff that makes up the probate nightmare that we talk about every week. So imagine, though, and I've, I think I've alluded to this before, imagine how many people have probated the house, mom and dad's house, that didn't need to be probated because they didn't know that there was a first dealings exemption. So I, I just, it has, to, it has to be happening all the time. Mm-hmm. Right, people don't know about first dealings, so they don't know that they could be exempt. So they're, right. they're paying probate on a on a piece of the estate, a large, probably the largest piece of the estate, in most cases, unnecessarily. So there is um, a method to uh, reclaim probate, excess probate that's been paid. We haven't talked about that. I've I've um, suggested we should. Uh, it's not going to happen today, but I think maybe I'm I'm going to work on that, and we'll we'll make that a topic for a, a future show. You know, what to do if you think you've overpaid or somebody in the family's overpaid probate. Okay, that's a long intro. Today, that wasn't on the agenda, but what is on the agenda, I uh, had an article land in my inbox that comes, I get stuff all the time from various sources, of course, and I had to read this because the title of the article is Beneficiary Designations and Resulting Trust Revisited. Emphasis on revisited, because we talked about this. I checked the now up-to-date podcast list. I checked, and it was March... uh, I don't want to get this wrong. Let me check my note. I think I said March 27th. I don't know where I wrote it down, but I did write it down somewhere. I think it's the March 27th podcast, the episode of the Avoid Probate show that aired March 27th, was talking about recent court decisions relating to the the significance of uh, how beneficiary designations have been judged in in recent court cases across the country different provinces including Ontario and we're 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 talking to people in Ontario and we are servicing the whole province of Ontario 
Um, I am going to um, I'm going to London, the London area, Dorchester mm-hmm. slash London. Shout out to new new friends of the show in Markham and Stouffville, uh, which is not too far from where I I hang out. But anyway, um, hello to those listeners in those places and and to everybody else. But anyway, I want to talk about this article because it does a good job of summarizing maybe better than I did in the March twenty seventh show, and it and refers to these court uh, cases that dealt with beneficiaries. And and why do we care about beneficiaries? Because that's what we're talking about. The solution that we're providing listeners and and people in Ontario, uh, the solution to avoiding the probate nightmare is to transfer the assets from the bank, typically from the bank. I know they're not, they could be at a credit union, they could be at a brokerage firm, wherever, but typically they're at the bank. And we do the transfer from that institution where you cannot name a beneficiary. We transfer that money over to an insurance company. We're independent advisors. It doesn't really matter which insurance company, but the rules are different at, at the insurance company. And now you can name the kids, the church, the cat, whoever you want to name as beneficiary. And that avoids the probate. And it's that simple. And if you're under the age of 85, the transfer costs nothing. So it, there's a lot of upside and very little downside, in my opinion. The money's not locked in once it's transferred. We, we, we create a portfolio that everybody's comfortable, well, not everybody, I mean, if it's mom's money, really only mom has to be the one who's comfortable with it, but, you know, usually the adult children have a say, you know, um, mm-hmm. we don't want to be, we don't want anything risky, mom's conservative, I hear that all the time, meanwhile, she's got a stock portfolio with 30 different stocks in it at the age of 90, but that's another story. So, I wanted to reference this article, but I also wanted to explain before I, before I get to the article, again, the title is Beneficiary Designations and Resulting Trusts Revisited. Uh, written by a man named Kevin Wark, W-A-R-K, and the article was published in an industry magazine called Forum. Uh, this is the electronic version. It's called eForum. And this publication is issued by an uh, organization called Advocus. Okay, a strange name. It's one of those co- uh, companies that don't have a real name, you know what I mean? Like Advocus, I don't think it's a real word. Uh, like, uh, anyway, Beneva, the new... We, we had the wholesaler from Beneva, which is the new company created from the merger of La Capital and SSQ. Okay, so Advocus is an industry member organization, and the website on the Advocus website says that they are enhancing the professionalism of financial advisors in the best interest of the consumer. Furthermore, it says Advocus, the Financial Advisors Association of Canada, is the largest voluntary professional membership association of financial advisors in Canada, representing more than 17,000 member clients and 40 chapters across the country. So there are these organizations. I think in every industry has member organizations, right? Whether you're a bricklayer or, sure. or an accountant or a lawyer or whatever. So this is one that exists for financial advisors and life insurance licensed Mm-hmm. Uh, individuals, right. they're, they're not necessarily the same thing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk more about that in a second, because I am not a member of Advocus. I think I was uh, for a brief period of time. I think so, uh, but I'm not, and not, I'm not going to say anything bad about Advocus. They do great work, for sure. Any organization that promotes uh, education and is, what did I say here, um, in the best interest of the consumer... Well, of course, I, I'm going to support that. So I do support them, although technically I'm not a member. Part of the reason, well, the main reason I'm not a member is because I was a longtime member of a different, uh, sort of a competing organization, I guess, called uh, the CIFPS, the Canadian 
Institute of Financial Planners, with an S. So, the Canadian Institute of Financial Planners, um, to be a member of this organization, you must have the CFP designation, the Certified Financial Planner designation, which I, I guess I'm biased, but we think, uh, a lot of people in the industry think it is the, the, the highest standard of uh, a financial planner's designation in the country. So the CIFPS, not only was I a member for many, many years, I was a, a board member. I did a stint, a three-year term as a board member on the, on the board of directors, uh, which meant I got to travel across the country because the annual AGM slash convention, it uh, rotates from province to province because it's a national body. So we can't always just have the convention at Niagara Falls. Right? That's not fair to the members who are in BC. That's the one and only time I've stayed at the Banff Springs Hotel. You ever been there, Ted? No. It's beautiful. Yeah, and I'm sure you've heard that. And I'm sure um, most of the listeners have probably heard that too. It is beautiful. And there's um, there's guys in kilts, guys and girls in kilts. I can't remember if they had bagpipes. But anyway, they were definitely standing out greeting you know new arrivals wearing kilts which i thought was pretty cool so yeah we had an agm there and it was it was awesome the website for the cifps says the canadian institute of financial planners is a non-profit association for certified financial planner professionals the association is an independent effective and powerful advocate for the cfp certification marks and the financial planning profession in canada cifps advocates on behalf of its members Retirement planners holding the RRC slash CR credential, and I will admit, I don't know what that is. It might be something from Quebec. And the CFP certification mark, I know what that is. That's Certified Financial Planner. With regulators and the public, we won't let them forget that the CFP and RRC marks represent the highest standard for financial planners and retirement planners here at home and abroad. Interesting about the abroad part. It is an international designation. The CFP is international. And it's issued not by the CIFPS, it's issued by the FPSC. A lot of uh, acronyms in this industry. The FPSC is the Financial Planning Standards Council. And we're gonna go, we have to go to a quick break here soon, but I want to just wrap up by saying that when the FPSC came to Canada, the Financial Planning Standards Council came to Canada and brought the CFP designation to try to raise the bar of you know the quality of financial planners in the industry, the banks said, eh, no thanks, we're not interested. The banks said, we don't want to spend the money to have, I don't know, our thousands of advisors, so-called advisors, across the country working at the bank as a bank advisor. We don't want to spend the money to have these people obtain the CFP. So what did the bank do? They invented their own designation. And I think it's the, it's the PFP. It's the Professional Financial Planner. So the, the PFP, very much, I'm going to say it, substandard uh, designation, but that's what the banks did when, when the CFP came into town and became the new standard to, to rank, you know, um, separate, what does it separate the wheat from the, how's that go? Chaff. Chaff? Yeah. What's the chaff? Is that the straw? I don't know. It's part of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, so that analogy really didn't work out very well, but I think <laughs> hopefully the listeners got the gist of it. And that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Okay, so that's a long intro. So this article was, re- was published by Advocus, and Advocus does great work, but they're, 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 uh, they've got an insurance bent, and that's okay. Insurance, there's nothing wrong with that. It's an important part of a financial plan, but I was of, I was of the mind that comprehensive financial planning is, should be the goal, comprehensive financial, and insurance is part of it, but it's only part of it, and what we're doing at Avoid Probate 
Ca, you know, avoiding the probate is part of it because it's part of an estate plan. And sometimes insurance is part of an estate plan. I'll, I'll say this again. When we talk about moving the assets from the bank over to the insurance company, we're not talking about life insurance. We are talking about an insurance company. And I've said it many times, they have as many investment options as the banks do today. They're competing very, very well for what we call assets under management. Okay, so that's the intro to this article, which is going to recap some of what we talked about in the March 27th, I think it's March 27th episode of the Avoid Probate show, but it's fresh. It's fresh, and it it does a good summary, and it drives the point home about how important these beneficiaries are, which we already knew, and we talk about that every week, and and we've done that again, but we'll, we'll just fly through the article when we get back from this quick break. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. My name is Marilyn, and I avoided probate. Marilyn is a good daughter who wants the best for her elderly mom. Um, why is she overdrawn on her account? What's going on here? Her mom had money, much of which was tied up in non-registered accounts like GICs, paying next to no interest, which meant... She was dipping into her capital big time because the residence she was staying in was very costly. So she was overdrawn on her account four times a month. Marilyn wanted to disperse the money for her mom's needs using her power of attorney. The bank refused, saying the accounts were in her mom's name only, and then rubbed salt in the wound. They pushed it back on the family and said it was all our fault. We should have been on top of it, not them. That's when Marilyn got a hold of Jason at avoidprobate.ca. He accompanied Marilyn to the bank to move mom's money. Why? The insurance companies now have as many, if not more, investment options than the banks have. Plus, we can also put a 100% death benefit guarantee on the account once it's at the insurance company. Anybody who has non-registered accounts at the bank needs to look into the services we provide at avoidprobate.ca. I don't know how long my mother is going to live. None of us know. So my thing was, if she lives to 100, there'll be more than enough money to sustain her. How was avoidprobate.ca able to help Marilyn's mom? It's a good news story. The account is earning much more than it did when it was at the bank in a low-paying GIC. But more importantly, it's still 100% mom mom's money. There's no joint owner on the account, but there is a beneficiary on the account, which wasn't there before. Which means no tax issues and no probate to worry about. I share my story with as many people as I can, and I hand out Jason's cards to lots of people and say, call this man. He'll walk you through it. Call us at avoidprobate.ca on the toll-free number, but call us before your mom or dad passes away. That's when we can help you. Avoid probate like Marilyn did with avoidprobate.ca. Call 1-844-667-7628. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Well, I hope you're having a nice Sunday morning. You are listening to, and we thank you for that, the Avoid Probate Show with Jason Laidler. I'm Ted Wallison. The email address is info at avoidprobate.ca. Toll-free number is one 844 667-7628. I'll repeat that. 1-844-667-7628. If you go to the website, by the way, there's a lot of great stuff on there. There's a free probate calculator. You can play with it and see roughly how much probate you might have to pay in your estate or your family's estate. And there's a button there that says, listen to the show, and which you can access past programs. So go to avoidprobate.ca and... Uh, Enjoy yourself. 
Yeah, well done, Ted, because, you know, for like the better part of a year, I could never remember what the button actually says. But I think you're right. I think it actually says, listen to the show, which is kind of weird, but, you know, it says what it needs to say. I thought it said, listen to past shows. But anyway, okay, so that, that's what it does. And, of course, like Ted says, you can listen to past shows. And they're all labeled and dated, including the one from March 27th, which is labeled as, and I wrote this down somewhere, it's labeled as... The Primacy of Beneficiary Designations. Yes, it is March 27th. I found my note. Once again, the primacy of beneficiary designations. And why is that Why is that important? Why does that matter? Well, they've been tested. We talked many uh, shows ago about this concept of a resulting trust that came out of a Supreme Court of Canada decision called, some people call it PCOR, some people call it PCOR. I'm not sure where the syllable goes, but P-E-C-O-R-E. P-E-C-O-R-E. PCOR versus PCOR, and this decision, it was an estate that was being argued, uh, who gets the money, what were dad's intentions really, and of course it was there was a dispute as to what dad's intentions were, went all the way to the su- Supreme Court, took I think more than 10 years, needless to say cost a lot of money in legal fees to get there, and the Supreme Court's decision was that they created this concept called the resulting trust. And it was a joint account, and the problem, there's lots of problems with joint accounts, and I just had this conversation with uh, a lovely family the other day, and it's part of the mailbag today, so maybe I'll I'll leave that, um, I'll come back to that thought in the mailbag uh, towards the end of the show. What the Supreme Court was saying was, unless you can demonstrate otherwise, unless you can prove clearly that the money Dad left for you, because by putting you on the account as a joint owner, that's kind of like leaving you the money, the Supreme Court's concept or thinking is that it's really not a gift. So if you want it to be a gift, you've got to make that clear because you, the onus is on you to prove that it was a gift to Ted and not money that Dad intended Ted to share with the siblings. You know what I mean? So if there's four kids, but Ted's the only one on the account and, and Ted's other three siblings are going to say, hey, man, like uh, that, the intention was for you to share that money. Ted could make the argument, uh, no, Dad liked me best, and he wanted me to have it because he didn't like you and he likes me. So that's fine. I mean, but, but Ted, it's on, it's, the onus is on Ted to prove that because the default is that it's a resulting trust and not a gift. Okay, so we talked about this you know, a few weeks ago, but this article written by somebody at Advocus called Beneficiary Designations and Resulting Trusts Revisited. If you're just joining us, thank you. We're going we're gonna to talk about this for a minute. It's a little dry. I know. I know it's a little dry. But we're here to inform and educate the listeners. And we get compliments all the time from listeners saying, you know, the show's very informative. Thank you so much. I wish I, wish I heard it, you know, five years ago, that kind of thing. Of course, we, we weren't here five years ago. This is just the beginning of year two, as it happens. The article starts off by saying, by now, most insurance advisors will be familiar with the 2020 Ontario court decision in Kalmuski versus Kalmuski relating to the application of the presumption of resulting trust to statutory designations and the ripple effect it has caused for insurance and estate advisors and their clients. Okay, so we are that. We are uh, insurance and estate advisors, uh, for sure. I'm not the lawyer. Like I said, I have the life license. I can set up the account at the insurance company to facilitate the transfer of the assets from the bank over to the insurance company. And you have to have the license to do that. And so people say to me, well, I'll just get my lawyer to do it. Well, the lawyer can't do it and doesn't want to do it 
the accountant can't do it and doesn't want to do it, doesn't know how to do it, and you can't do it. You, the listener, you can't do it. Ted Walsh can't do it. You can't call up insurance company XYZ and say, hi, my name's Ted. I want to set up an account so I can name beneficiaries, so I can avoid probate. Can I do that? They're going to say, no, you can't. Well, we, we have to assign an advisor to you. You have to have an advisor. It's, it's part of the regulator requirements. It's for your protection. Years, decades of training and licensing and compliance and, and safe safety valves and stuff, safeguards, I think is what I was trying to say, are in place to facilitate this, this stuff so that you know the regular citizen doesn't get it wrong. Again, we're not talking about life insurance. We're talking about investment accounts at the insurance company. So it goes on to say uh, a trio of more recent court decisions across Canada have now considered the merits of the Kalmuski decision as well. There have been ongoing representations to the Ontario government by a number of organizations seeking legislative changes to address this issue. Let's briefly review the Kalmuski decision as well as highlight the more recent court decisions and industry efforts. This is why I wanted to start off the the show today talking about what Advocus is. And I didn't mention it, uh, the other organization, well, I mentioned CIFPS, the Canadian Institute of Financial Planners, with an S, it's important to put that S on there. The Canadian Institute of Financial Planning is an educational body where you can become an advisor, become a CFP. That's not the same thing as the Association for Existing CFPs. So CALU, C-A-L-U, CALU, for some reason I was thinking it was the Canadian something or other, but it's not the Canadian something or other. It's the Conference for Advanced Life Underwriting. C-A-L-U is the Conference for Advanced Life Underwriting. Like advocates, well, I'll say this, I'll just read this paragraph right now. Several organizations, including a joint effort by advocates and CALU, the Conference for Advanced Life Underwriting, have made submissions and held discussions with Ontario government officials requesting legislative changes be made to confirm that the presumption of resulting trust does not apply to statutory designations. Okay, what does that mean? Well, simply, it means when we do the transfer from the bank over to the insurance company uh, for no cost most of the time, and we name the kids, the grandkids, the great-grandkids, we talked about that a few shows ago, uh, when we name them all as beneficiaries, 5% here, 10% there, whatever the whatever the division is, it's entirely up to you. You make it whatever you want to make it. It's not locked in. We can change it whenever you want to change it. It's very flexible. It's all flexible. We don't lock in our clients' money. One of the reasons I hate GICs is because the money is locked in at you know next to nothing interest rate, way below the current rate of inflation, by the way. Um, I don't know the exact number. I'm going to say 5.7, 5 point something. Maybe it's even over 6. Do you know, Ted, if it's over 6% today, the inflation rate? I think it was 5 something. <clears throat> Last I looked, 5.7, 5.9. Yeah. Anyway, like it's, it's, it's a multiple, it's 10 times almost what the GICs are paying. So you're locking in your money. You're, you're going backwards in terms of, you know, the big picture um, growing the estate. You're not growing the estate. You're shrinking the estate. You're shrinking the estate, and you don't have access to the money if you need it. Well, we we have canceled GICs, but that's a time-consuming process too. And there's a interest rate penalty, which I don't care about because it's so it's so little, it's insignificant. So we don't want to lock in our clients' money. We want to do the transfer; it costs nothing, but we can put a beneficiary on it, and that's what's happening here. the The beneficiary is winning the day. So what the courts are saying, and I'm summarizing now. I'm not reading from the article, but the, I'm summarizing. The challenge has been, well, no, hold on. Uh, the Supreme Court said it's a resulting trust. 
and courts are saying, well, okay, maybe if it was joint, if it was a joint account, we could understand that. But if somebody has taken the trouble and the time to actually name a beneficiary, we think that's telling. We think the fact that somebody has named so-and-so, Junior, Little Freddie, whoever, and that's been put down on the contract, we call them contracts, the investment account, whatever you want to call it, same thing, you know, we think, well, that's pretty clear. That, that, that tells us that Dad wanted little, little Jimmy to have that money. Because if he didn't want little Jimmy to have the money, he would have put Jimmy, Sally, Betty, Susie, Frank, Billy, like he would have named everybody else, you would think. So that's kind of what's happening here. But it is being tested because, well, it was a Supreme Court decision. Let me see what else is on here that, that, that I need to share with the listeners today. I'm going to just continue. The Kalmuski versus Kalmuski involved a legal action by state beneficiaries to claim the proceeds of the late father's uh, RIF, the Registered Retirement Income Fund. That's a RIF, R-R-I-F. That's normally what happens to the RSP in the year that you turn 71. We do have a mailbag story about that. So the RIF is the investment account in question here under which an adult son had been designated as a beneficiary because that's a registered account. Well, the first R in RIF stands for registered. Registered Retirement Income Fund. It is a registered account. What does that mean? We get this question all the time, Ted. People say to me, well, what is a registered account? And, and so it's hard to answer. It's, but it's, what I tell them is it's, a, it's an investment account that has restrictions uh, uh, applied to it. So... The RSP has limits in terms of how much you can contribute to the RSP. The TFSA has limits uh, set by the federal government. How much on an annual basis can you contribute to the TFSA? Um, The RIF has minimum withdrawal amounts. You cannot contribute to a RIF. The RIF is the RSP in reverse. The RIF is the is the is the tax man saying, "Okay, Mr. Walsh and." You've had this RSP for a long time. You haven't paid any income tax on the money that's in there or on any of the growth that's in there. And now that you're 71, or I should say, actually, now that you're 72, because you do have to convert it in the year you turn 71, but you don't have to make a withdrawal in that year. You can wait and make your first withdrawal in the following year. When you're 72, um, they are forcing you to make a withdrawal, and the withdrawal amount is based on your age. It's a percentage of the total value based on your age, and the formula loosely is 1 over 90 minus your age. So it starts off at 72, maybe 90 minus 78, 1 over 18. I can't do that math in my head. It's something like 4.5%, something like that. And, and it goes up. The percentage that you have to take out goes up. Now, you actually don't even have to take it out, but the government doesn't care. They're going to pretend you took it out, and they're going to tax you on whatever that amount is, mm-hmm. whether you take it out or not. So you might as well take it out because you're going to get taxed on it anyway. Yeah. So it makes no sense to leave it in there. Uh, even if you just if you don't need the money and you want it to continue to grow, you take it out of the RIF and put it in your TFSA, something like that, and then it can continue to grow. And in this case, now that it's in the TFSA, it's going to grow tax-free mm-hmm. because that's what the TFSA does. The TFSA is a tax-free savings account. Mm-hmm. That's what TFSA stands for. And if you want more information about the TFSA, let us know. Uh, email us, call us, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about the rules there. They're a bit confusing, especially when it comes to withdrawals from the TFSA. People make a lot of mistakes re-contributing after they've made a withdrawal. I don't want to get into that right now. But this is what's happening. So you can put a beneficiary on these registered accounts at the bank. That's fine. That's fine. You cannot name a beneficiary on the non-registered account at the bank, which is everything else. That's that's the way to look at it. It's everything else. If it's not an RSP, and it's not a TFSA, and it's not a RIF, and it's not a LIF, a life, a life income fund, 
which comes from pension money. It's not a lira, locked-in retirement account, which comes from pension money. If it's none of those things, if it doesn't have bells and whistles attached to it or limits and restrictions, it's non-registered. Think of the checking account. It's the best example I can use, although it's not, it's not ideal because most people don't have half a million dollars in their checking account. You know, they have it in an investment account. Same difference, though. I mean, both of them are non-registered, and that's the problem. And the probate process, by the way, I, had a, I talked to a gentleman today who, uh, I think about it, his, his mom died or his, one of his parents died already, and he said to me, I don't have to worry about probate. I didn't have to worry about it when mom died. And I said, well, that's because uh, she was the first one to die. When, the first person in the couple, the first person of a married, the first spouse, there's no probate issue because the government's not, not that cruel. They don't kick you when you're down dealing with the death of your spouse by making you deal with probate. They waive it all. It all gets waived on the first death. It's, it's, a, it's the issue on the second death. And then some people will say to me as well, they'll say, well, I don't have to worry about probate because um, it's all joint with my spouse. And I tell them, well, okay, it might be joint today. It's not going to be joint forever. Someone's going to die first. And so there will be a probate problem. And uh, you can wait. <laughs> you can wait and deal with it later. But, you know, we just obviously we don't know when our time comes. So you can deal with it today. I mean, if, if it costs nothing to, to solve the problem, why not, you know, knock it on the head, so to speak, and, and get it done? Yeah. When You know, and then and it's done. All right, I'm, I'm getting the signal here that we are due for another quick break. So I might... Uh, touch up, uh, wrap up with a little more of this article. I might not. We'll see how it goes. But we're definitely going to do some mailbag. We've got some mailbag coming up, and then uh, we'll have to call it a day for another beautiful Sunday. Ted, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Avoid problems you didn't know you had. Avoidprobate.ca Avoid all that red tape. Avoidprobate.ca Avoid high fees. Avoidprobate.ca Avoid a long wait. Avoidprobate.ca Avoid expensive fines. Avoidprobate.ca Avoid uncertainty. Avoidprobate.ca Don't wait. Avoidprobate.ca well, let's head down to our favorite store for men's clothing. That would be Tom's Place, 190 Boulder in the heart of Kensington Market. Hello, Tom Hollock. How are you, sir? Ted, when I hear your voice, how can I be? Fabulous, fantastic. It brings so much great memories back. You and I have worked together for so long and for so many years, and my business became successful under your watch. How can I be? I feel fantastic. Soon as Ted Wallachian tells his friends and his loyal radio listeners that Tom has a sale, which we always do. Customers do come in, and this time of the year when the weather is getting warmer, you do need to change your wardrobe. There's no better place and time. I pulled out a couple of my uh, summer shirts the other day and put them on because it was really, really hot the other day. And I thought, oh, this feels so good. And I know you've got a great selection of summer clothing, whether it be light pants, slacks, you know, nice shirts, sports jackets, for that matter, suits, of course. The wedding season is upon us. Virtually everything you need is there. Great sizes, great colors, great tailors, by the way, who have done a lot of terrific work for me personally. And you can't beat the prices. So why not go to Tom's Place? Period. 190 Baldwin, the heart of Kensington Market. 
Good afternoon, friends. We are gathered here to remember. Insert your name. And we're heartbroken because. Insert your name. Did not avoid probate, so the loved ones of. Insert your name. Have to wait a long time for what rightfully is theirs. I see I've made you cry. Recent changes in law make probate slower, more complicated, and more expensive. Don't make it harder for your loved ones. Avoid probate.ca. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. As usual, we welcome your comments and your questions and your suggestions as well. And you can do that here on the Avoid Probate Show in two fashions. You can call toll-free 1-844-667-7628 or you can email Info is the address at avoidprobate.ca. That's info at avoidprobate.ca. And then Jason will get back to you with uh, any concerns you may have, any questions you have. He'll have an answer for you. And any recommendations that you have, anything that you would like to hear us talk about in the future, or anybody that you would like to have us on as a guest, you may have a suggestion for a guest that would fit the format of this program. Mm-hmm. Please do that. That's more than welcome. It's all welcome. And we thank you for being here. Absolutely. And, and it's important to stress, I think, that you know we try really hard here on the Avoid Probate Show to keep focused and, and share information that relates to probate. And I've said it before, it's not the uh, Seniors Travel Show, n- with the greatest respect to the Seniors Travel Show. And it's not the uh, cooking with uh, whatever, vegetable show. I'm trying to think of that fancy new superfood, uh, the green thing. I can't even think of it. What's the fancy... You know, the kale. Kale, kale. yeah, yeah. Kale. I'm trying to get kale. I mean, uh, maybe there's a national kale day and we'll have to um, bring some kale into the studio. <laughs> I don't know, to start the show off because that, that seems to be the trend. But I just want to wrap up real quick this article. We are running out of time. I know it's time flies on Sunday mornings. I mentioned Cal, Cal U, C-A-L-U. Um, I, I forgot to mention that what they describe themselves as on their website is the, this is a quote, quote, the only professional association for Canada's advanced life insurance and financial advisors. End quote. The only professional association for Canada's advanced life insurance and financial advisors. I realize, I mean, if you're not in the industry, this is probably um, dry. But the point, I'm, I'm sharing it because I want the listeners to understand, like, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot happening behind the scenes. A good advisor or life insurance age licensed financial advisor a good, a good one with decades of experience. I mean, they they know this stuff. They're members of these associations. There's there's ongoing uh, continuing education. That's a thing. CE credits. We have to do CE credits uh, to maintain the license. We have to have errors and emissions insurance, or mm-hmm. you can't or you can't work. The insurance company again. So many um, checks and balances. If uh, my it's called E and O coverage. If my E and O coverage expires, the insurance companies that I'm contracted with they email me and they say, Hey, show us proof of your renewed insurance coverage, and until such time, you can't do any business. So it's there's so much protection. We talked about Assurus. We talked about the fact that Assurus is like the CD, the, the insurance company's version of CDIC and the protection that Assurus provides. We had Paul Petrelli. Paul Petrelli is the Assurus guy. The last paragraph of this article, just to wrap it up, says, 
with regard to the, the significance of the beneficiaries, this leaves insurance, financial, and estate advisors with the responsibility of making their clients aware of these legal issues and carefully documenting their intentions to make a gift to adult children when establishing beneficiary designations. This is of particular importance where the designated beneficiary defers from the residual beneficiaries of the estate. That's a really important point. As this is where the legal challenges will most likely arise, be sure to also speak with existing clients who have already made beneficiary designations to confirm their intention to make a gift to the beneficiary of their plan. Such activities also open the door for updating and revising estate plans to ensure they continue to meet the needs of your clients and their families. As a final step, clients should be encouraged to share their estate plans with family members to minimize any surprises and help avoid potential litigation between family members. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you to advocates for that article and Mark... Sorry, not Mark. Kevin Wark for writing that article. Got a few minutes here. I guess it's not really the mailbag. It's mailbags and, mes- and and meetings. Meetings, we're calling yeah. It. It's a new, new, newly titled segment. Okay, well, this mailbags week, and meetings yeah. because you you met a couple of people and you're going to share your, those stories. Yeah, exactly. because yeah, as you keep saying, you know, these stories are hopefully helping others, right, and, mm-hmm. and other listeners, because obviously they're not unique, yep. and other people will mm-hmm. f- will be able to relate and find themselves, you know. In similar situations. In one case, um, 91-year-old lady from Italy, I touched on this at the beginning of the show when we talked about immigrants. Both of her adult daughters uh, are named as co-executors. They, they, they requested and hosted the meeting. I think the meet, I think it was mom's house. And the two girls, I call them girls, they're women, they're adult. Uh, mom's 91, these ladies, I don't, I don't know their ages, to be honest. But they're not kids. They were very interested in making... You know their job easier as executor as executors. We're not supposed to call them executrixes anymore because it's uh, gender. That's gender bias or something. I don't know. So executors is the, when I th- did that change? I don't know officially the day, but somebody corrected me when I used the term executrix, and they said that it was um, you know gender. I don't know. It was offensive to somebody. Whatever. So. If you're wondering, listeners, why I'm using executors and not executrix, who I, I was going to say I grew up using the term executrix. At the beginning of my career, we always made the distinction whether it was an executrix or an executor. I'm not supposed to do that anymore from what I've been told. If anybody knows different, please <laughs> please let me know. I get corrected by listeners all the time, Ted. Um, yeah, we make mistakes. As, for you, sure. as you should be. As I should be. And and I, we hear the show, by the way, and and and, and I think, ah, I said joint, and I meant a beneficiary, or I said this, and I meant that, and I just didn't catch myself. So it happens. Hopefully, most of the time, it's accurate. We are striving to be accurate. So these ladies were lovely. We talked about what we could do to avoid the probate on, on mom's estate. There's a, there's a house in the GTA, well, in Markham, which is the GTA, and there's some money. And right now, this is interesting, the, the girls, I'll call them girls. I hope that's not offensive. The women are on mom's accounts at the bank as joint owners. And after talking about the pitfalls, the potential pitfalls of joint ownership and how we think we have a better mousetrap here and we want to keep all of mom's money solely in mom's name for several reasons. We want to avoid taxation complications. We want to avoid ownership challenges. We want to avoid exposure. Well, exposure was the hot button here because, well, I don't want to get into the details. There was potential um, risk of exposure so these ladies, the first thing they told me they're going to do is they're going to take mom to the bank and they're going to have them, their names removed 
from mom's accounts. And they have power of attorney. Uh, of course, I asked the question. They said, yeah, we have power of attorney. Well, then you don't need to be on the account. If we move the money to the insurance company, put the ladies' names down as beneficiaries, let's say it's a 50-50 split between the ladies, and I'm sure it is. It doesn't have to be, all right? It could be uh, 45-45 and uh, 10% to some charity that mom likes or whatever or, or, or a niece or whatever. You can do it you can do it any way you want to do it. But the point is they were so concerned, I guess is the right word, when we talked about the potential pitfalls of joint ownership and especially relating to exposure, they said they were gonna go have their names removed from the account. And I thought, well good for you. Because so many people can't wait to have their name added to the account. And I think most of the time that's a mistake. Not every time. There are exceptions to every rule. Of course there are. But it's, it's well, I got, a, I got an email, I guess it was an email, yeah, from somebody saying that they wanted to talk to me because they were going to meet with a lawyer to have like three siblings added to the title of dad's house. And I said, whoa, before you do that, we have to talk. So that's going to happen. It hasn't happened yet. I'm getting the signal that we're, we're rapidly running out of time. So I'm going to leave the other mailbag item for, for next week. I'm sorry about that. Like I said, time flies here Sunday mornings on the Avoid Probate Show. Thank you so much for joining us. I guess we'll, uh, mm-hmm. we'll say our thank yous. I want to say thank you to Kelly, who may or may not have eaten her vanilla pudding at this point. I'm not sure. And she's not uh, telling me. So that's she fine. She hasn't spoken in a while, so I'm, <laughs> I'm concerned. <laughs> Oh, okay, well, yeah, sure you are. For yeah. for uh, <clears throat> for the refuse, you're saving it. Don't listen to Ted, by the way. He's just uh, he's ki- he's kidding. He really enjoyed his pudding. No, didn't I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I actually didn't. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I'm being honest. Well, that's good. It's I guess not your fault. You didn't cook it. Oh, I didn't make it. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Who makes pudding anyway? Does anybody actually make pudding th- I'm these sure days? Somebody does. <laughs> I'm sure somebody does. All right. Well, maybe it's better than this one. I don't know. I yeah. guess homemade pudding might be better than. Whatever this was, but I, I I apologize. I'm just going to leave this here in in the fridge here at the radio station. <laughs> if you if you and you know it'll be gone. Free. I'm just going to put free. Take you, take it. You know it'll be gone if you leave that anywhere lying around. Just like the Easter granola bar I left on Kelly's desk because she was working from home that that Sunday, and I didn't know that. Of course, I brought in my that was my Easter chocolate thing and. I left it on her desk, and of course, it disappeared. There you go. Thank you to Kelly. Thank you to Ted Walshen for his decades of radio excellence. Thank you to you listeners for joining us on this beautiful Sunday. Hopefully, you'll join us again next week. We'll do it all over again. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. You've been listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.